Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. Cold beer of the week is from New Glarus Brewing Company out of New Glarus, Wisconsin. Their spotted cow is what it is. Uh, it doesn't actually say the type of beer that it is, so I had to go to their website, and it is a naturally cloudy farmhouse ale. I don't know what that means, but cheers. That's really good. That's pretty darn good. As an ale, uh, packs a lot of flavor. Artisan brewed. So uh, here it is. It does say on the side, it's a farmhouse ale. They have on their website a list of all the uh, the foods that the, apparently this pairs with. And I think they basically just put down as many as they could list. This list says barbecue, grilled steak, jambalaya, brats, Reuben, fish fry, nachos, cheese curds, bacon and eggs, stir fry, burgers, Limburger sandwich, seafood linguine, every type of food possible they say this pairs with. So God bless you, New Glarus. Pretty good beer here, though. So this week I wanted to talk about some some just kind of unique things that I I, I have been wanting to share, but are not uh, broad enough topics to cover a whole episode. So this is five personal finance tips that you've never heard of, probably never heard of. You might've heard about it from me, but five rare personal finance tips. Here we go. So the first one is on credit cards. Use credit cards for online purchases, traveling, and other large purchases. And you guys have heard me talk about credit cards and how you need to be responsible and use them right. That still stands, right? Like you shouldn't buy things in your credit card that you can't afford, but you should use your credit card when you're making a large purchase. So I'm going to share a, a, a personal story out of this that I think you'll find helpful and will tie this together a little bit. So uh, my wife and I were going to buy this uh, sleeper sofa for uh, her office room in the house because my in-laws will sleep in there once our new baby is old enough to, to go into her new room because we're losing that guest bedroom, right? So we're going to make, we're getting a sleeper sofa. We go to Art Van Furniture. Uh, we put a down payment on the, uh, the sleeper sofa. We paid for half of it. They ship it in cause they didn't have our color or whatever in store. Right. So a couple months go by, it's not in, it's not in pandemic hits and things are slowing down. Art van announces they're declaring bankruptcy. Okay. Uh, so what do we do now? So we go to the store just like everybody else that apparently had, uh, furniture on order. And if the order has been set to ship they said, we don't know whether to come or not. I mean, th- okay, first off, there's lines out the door. This place is pandemonium. People are yelling and screaming. People paid cash for their furniture and are not getting their money back. They're getting store credit. Store credit for a company that's going bankrupt. Two days later, the store was completely closed. I mean, there's furniture stacked up inside. I still drive by the store occasionally. It's, uh, the employees just stopped showing up to work. So people paid cash for furniture and couldn't get their money back. Uh, and, and it's all going to go through bankruptcy proceedings, and we'll see whether they ever get anything back um people that pay with debit cards here's the thing with debit cards is is they are treated differently under the fair credit billing act so you have more personal protections with a credit card than you do a uh, debit card so we paid with a credit card i submitted a dispute that all you have to say is that the product was did not come as described did not arrive came damaged and you tried to resolve with the retailer and you will get your money refunded. It's been super quick, super easy. With the debit card, there's a there's a process there that has to go through it's significantly longer. So you could be without your funds for 90 days. Well, your debit card is attached to your bank account. 
If your bank account is without a certain set of funds for 90 days, that might cause problems for you, right? You can't go pro- purchase the, 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 you know, an equal product or whatever. So I had some friends that had some deals going on there at, at our van that ended up getting 90 to 120 days to get their bank accounts refunded. Ours was like next day on the credit card. So it's also easier uh, in a circumstance where your card gets compromised. You have much more leniency with a credit card. It's easier to reclaim those those lost funds. Um, and so generally, credit cards are better for online where you might get hacked. Traveling where you might get hacked or you might get your cards stolen. Or large purchases where if you want the benefit of the doubt, I mean, pay with a credit card whenever you can in the sense that you can get those funds back much easier so the person, retailer, service provider, whatever it is, not live up to their end of the bargain. So use your credit card. Use your credit card wisely, though. You don't need to escrow. Quick beer break here. So tip number two, you don't need to escrow when you buy a house. So you're buying your house, and when you go to closing, you typically have to have a year's worth of insurance paid for, a year's worth of taxes, and then a, a start to give your escrow account um, a, a, a kind of a kickstart, some of next year's taxes and insurance, and then it's monthly attached to your mortgage payment, and sometimes they charge a fee for escrowing. You do not need to escrow. You don't have to escrow. It's not legally required in any way. Uh, and so when you go to close on your house, one, it might save you some on the down payment because a, a good chunk of especially FHA down payments where it's only 3% actually goes for the mortgage. Uh, not So big, it might save you a bunch going to closing, not necessarily on your down payment. So save you, it could save you quite a bit going to closing to where you don't need to actually set aside all those taxes and everything on a future basis. You have to get the person paid up, right? And you have to have mortgage paid, your insurance paid for. But uh, yeah, you don't need to escrow. Um, a lot of lenders will actually charge you a fee because they want to charge a fee for uh, escrowing. They'll charge you a fee to not escrow. If a lender is going to do that, walk away. Use a different lender. I had Amir Bali on here. I shared with him. I uh, did some research. It turns out to get the best possible mortgage rate, you need to shop nine different lenders. Nobody's got time for that, but it doesn't hurt you to shop two or three or four or five in order to get the best rate and save on certain fees like this. So you do not need to escrow. My tip would be, instead of escrowing, take the amount that you're going to have to pay annually in taxes and insurance, divide it by 12, put that amount into a savings account, and then when your insurance and your tax bill comes due, you just pay it out of that. It's that simple. So it's your own escrow. And then you're earning money, you're earning interest on that savings account as opposed to giving that money away to somebody else to handle. Escrows get messed up all the time. It's a whole thing. So you don't need to escrow. Talk about money more. That's one of the reasons I did the podcast to begin with is you've got to talk about finances. It's, it's so taboo, right? Like it's rude to ask people what they make. And I'm not saying I'm going around asking people what they make, but share your stories, share your successes, share your mistakes, right? I had a person text me today and told me that they shorted the NASDAQ, which means they bet against that NASDAQ. They bet it was going to go down. And it's like, okay, well, that was a stupid idea, obviously, but share your stupid ideas and you won't make them again. I'm kidding, but seriously. Um, you know, share your successes. You finally get out of student loan debt. Share that. Share how you got it. Talk about it with friends over dinner or family. Say, you know, we just decided that we were going to, you know, limit our going out to eat to once a month until I got student loans. So I got my student loans done. I'm out to dinner with my friends and I'm celebrating. Good for you. Those are the successes and things we should talk about. Uh, saving strategies, budgeting strategies, investment concepts. If we talk about money more, we'll, it'll become less taboo and we'll all have a better understanding on it because our culture is so privatized on money. And I get it. I get some of that. But it doesn't hurt to just talk about it a little bit more. And that's what, part of why I did the podcast. Beer break. All right. This next 
topic, this number four here on the tips. I actually did spend a whole ass, uh, episode on this, but I still think it's uh, paramount. And it's something I believe in so much. And I think it's a paradigm shift, a mind shift that help you put yourself into a position to financially succeed. Buy assets, not goods. Instead of dropping $1,000 on a new iPhone, put $1,000 into Apple stock. Uh, instead of spending, you know, $3,000 on a new Microsoft computer, buy a couple shares of Microsoft, right? It's just instead of buying a brand new car, buy a used car and take the difference and invest it in something you are passionate about. Buy assets, not goods. So, uh, you know, as goods are used, they're depreciative. They do not accumulate in value. They don't pay you an income. They're an item, a token, a trinket, an asset. Is something that accumulates, it builds value, it appreciates in value. Assets are the types of things that help you accumulate wealth and value over time and in, has a compounding effect that makes you even more wealthy and more valuable over time. So buy assets, not goods. Last thing, you might not have heard this. I hope you, I hope, I hope you have, but you probably haven't, is that cash is a terrible investment. So number five actually here is too much cash is actually a problem. I've talked about emergency funds on here. I've talked about having cash savings. You know my general rule of thumb, three months of ca- expenses in cash if you're a single, in, uh, if you're a dual income household, six months of income expenses in cash if you're a single income household. So you're single, six months of expenses in cash, you're, you're, you're together, joint, partnered, married, whatever you look at then you need to have about three months worth of expenses in cash. Other above and beyond that cash is a dead asset, especially right now. It doesn't earn any money. I mean, are you earning anything on your bank account right now? Your savings account 0.005%. I mean, it's a rounding error. It's pennies, pennies on the dollar. So put your cash to work, invest it. Um, you know, don't spend it, right? Invest it Buy. go back to the previous one, buy assets, not goods. Um, you should get excited about having excess cash flow at the end of the month because you can save, you can invest, you can buy things you're passionate about, or just throw in an S&P 500 index or a total stock market index fund. Too much cash is a problem. Cash is a dead asset. It only really matters when shit hits the fan, which is why you got your emergency fund, or if an opportunity presents itself. And when an opportunity presents itself, who's to say that you can't use your investment dollars for that, right? You can sell one investment to buy another. That's that's opportunity, Right. So just run through these real quick again. Um, use a credit card for online purchases, traveling, such large expenses. You don't need to escrow if a lender's making you escrow. Fire into a different lender. Uh, talk about money more. Buy assets, not goods. And too much cash is a problem. That's this week's episode of Prosperity by the Pint. Don't forget to follow us, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you listen. That's where we are. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.